Did you know that nine players from last year's All Blacks and Wallabies rugby teams were born in the Pacific Islands? Players with dual or even multiple heritage is nothing new in international rugby, but being able to honour all sides of that heritage is not getting any easier. Manu Samoa international Tim Nanai Williams became the poster boy for the Olympic loophole when the former New Zealand Seven star switched his allegiance back in 2015. He joins us alongside former Wallabies number no. 8 and Tongan coach Totoi Kefu to discuss rugby eligibility. Tim, how big a deal was it to switch countries? It was a bit of an unknown thing at the time with it going to seven, so they didn't really know the, the way how they were going to go about things. So all I got told was just to play sevens. We got told one one tournament would be all right, and then ended up being four. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a tough one because throughout two years, I was literally just in limbo, really, so not knowing if I would have to play five or six or a whole year seven. So I ended up just playing like seven tournaments, really, just to make sure that they didn't come back and say, oh, you're going to have to do six tournaments. I just played as much as I could just to make sure that I could make the change. The decision was easy, but the whole process was was quite tough for like two years just because of the unknown position that I was in. So because no one, I couldn't ask anyone how to do it. I was a member and I was just every month just going with um, with the Sevens tournament and also coming back to Super Rugby as well too. So, yeah, it was a tough time. Because it's one thing for you as a player to want to make that switch and to represent your heritage, but obviously to get your club side or, in this case, Super Rugby, the Chiefs yeah. on board was, I imagine, a big deal. They were the first ones I sat down with once I made the decision with my family that I wanted to make uh, to play for Samoa and then... The next step was going to the Chiefs to the head, um, to I think it was Dave Rennie at the time and Wayne Smith and, and also Andrew Strawbridge and just sat down with them and just told them told them the truth that that was my plan for the next couple of years to, to go to a World Cup and, and represent Samoa and, and they were really supportive of that. They were really encouraging at the same time. So I was lucky in the sense where my club was really supportive. It's not every day you get a, a supporting cast behind you to push you to go and um, to, to hit I guess your dreams and especially playing at the World Cup and you know it's, it's, it's the pinnacle of, um, of every sport really and you want to test yourself against the best. What did it mean for for you and your family to play for Samoa? I think just for my parents and my grandparents um, those were the people I wanted to represent they're the ones that made the effort to come over and to New Zealand and, and give us a better life and things like that so it was just a, a nice way for me to to represent my roots. Like I said, I, I grew up in a traditional uh, household. When I went back and, you know, it was just everything that I could imagine about going back and playing for Manusau Moore was just really, um, it's hard to explain. It's one of those things where you're just really proud and, and it made all the, the two years to make the decision, playing all those sevens more worth it once I once I got there. So this made everything for me. And uh, Tulsa, you were born in Tonga and you played for Australia. Uh, both your father and brother represented the Kalitahi. What does uh, your Tongan heritage mean to you? Oh, look, it means a lot. Um, like Tim said, our father uh, had an opportunity to come overseas and, and want, wanted to give us all a better life. Um, and and um, representing Tonga for my brother when he played uh, was an opportunity to represent the family. And that meant a lot to him, not only him, but to myself as well, to represent Kale Dahi as a coach is an opportunity to represent the family. Tim, you were, I, I guess, that first person that sort of from that Olympic rule, did Did other players start to come to you saying, I want to do what you did? And were you able to help them? Because I guess we haven't seen the influx of people like yourself that maybe we thought we would 
you know, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, I had a few boys hit me up after finding out I may, was making the transition, but I think it came back to their clubs. Uh, that was the saddest thing. As much as you wanted to, to make the transition, uh, the clubs are paying a big amount of money to keep you at your club. And um, if you go to sevens, it's a big risk. You get injured and then you're not available for the 15 side. So some of the boys that I spoke to at the time, it was just all about that, really just their club. Tautai, uh, Tonga had some success capturing players, you know, via their Olympic loophole. Uh, but many of those kind of bigger players, big names alluded you. Is the system fair and do you believe change is possible? I've always believed that a three-year stand-down is, is fair. But I think the actual red tape and a loophole in terms of playing sevens rugby, I think is probably a bit too much. If we're talking about homecoming players, these are players who have played for Tonga in the past, like under 20s and, and, and maybe underage schoolboys. So um, those players like Melikai Fekatoa, Charles Puitao, Sileki Timani, I mean, those type of players, um, uh, they're at the end of their careers and they're playing for a country that they've represented before. So World Rugby have always claimed that they're worried about the integrity of the game. But, I mean, if you watch a Japanese team play, Everyone in the crowd's not really worried about where the players come from, do they? In terms of a spectacle to world rugby, I think the fans deserve to see the best players and, and want to see a really competitive product. We certainly deserve, I think, a Polynesian country in the finals there somewhere, whether it's Tonga, Samoa or Fiji. If they get those players back, that's the number one way I think we can improve to get to that level is, is get the recruitment back, get access to those really top-line players. The three-year standout, like Kev said, would be awesome because then you've got the bigger boys as well too that can't do the sevens as well. So how are they meant to have that transition where the only rule comes in with the sevens? So the standout rule would be awesome. So the fans will definitely win. Yes, it would be cool to see uh, all players of all shapes and sizes uh, be able to have a chance to represent their heritage. I know there's some very good Pacific Island props that used to play for the All Blacks that uh, would be pretty handy in a Samoan or, or Tongan jersey as well. The World Rugby Chair, Sir Bill Beaumont, he, he pledged to review rugby's eligibility rules as part of his uh, bid for a second term in office. Uh, almost a year later, though, it's still very much a case of watch this space.